Aaron, so what do we do? We we got to do something to to this guy in the TCG forum, Rekgar, who's posting uh, pornographic decklist names. Yeah, well, it's it's not quite, mm. but it's 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 one girl off. It's mm. suggestive, certainly. But Cup deserves it. Like you know, he, Cup is an is an, is an older robot. Cup's been through a lot. Cup Cup deserves yeah. this for if if everyone's cool with it. Um, he's one cup. What the f- is going on down there? I'm ready to do this. Are you guys ready for just listener questions? Because I am ready for just listener questions. Sure. Mm-hmm. A timeless podcast, one might say. Not like we haven't yammered at each other a whole lot in the last couple weeks. I was going to say, A, welcome to the podcast, everybody. And B, uh, get ready for a podcast where... Hello, TJ. Welcome to the podcast where we are absolutely not going to talk about the, C- the, the TCG. The Transformers TCG. Uh, I, I, I don't believe you. Well, no, I'm going to prove it. Before I do that, though, T- I mean, TJ, do you see... What's your hot take, man? Nova Star is the 12-star vanilla car truck. Like, holy crap. Can you believe it? No. Yeah. And she's a common. And a common at that. She's going to be in there to make the draft play run smooth. Two, two boosters sealed. Everyone's running car trucks. Everyone's got 12 stars. Teams are balanced. What was I talking about? Right. We're not going to talk about the TCG this week. We're going to do some listener questions. Isn't that right, Aaron? Sure. And, uh, and There's a whole list of them. Yeah. And, and TJ, I, I got to ask you to control yourself and not keep talking about the TCG so much. I will endeavor to uh, not let you down. All right. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> our first list. We're doing listener questions because we have, we have quite a backlog of them. And there's no major news that I felt really stuck out enough to talk about that isn't like either more financials of the Bumblebee movie, which uh, I, I I think I'll actually it's die. It's doing okay. We me and Seth t- like did the coda on it last week because we talked about it so much. I felt we should. We did the financially viable topic. Mm-hmm. Our, I still have dirt on me from that. Um, so I, I I just don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> I don't want to talk about how we've insured a bunch of money goes into a bunch of CEOs pockets uh regardless of the positive aftershocks we get from that uh so we're just gonna do a bunch of listener questions because also there's a freaking backlog of podcasts because also we had like two tcg podcasts now there's like a tfcon mm-hmm. podcast like freaking it's all a stack mm-hmm. so uh this one and last week's are going to be more timeless podcasts so that you know once stuff just piles out you're not going to be hearing old news for four episodes in a row or are you uh this first listener question, though, comes from Badlander86. He says, hi, TFW crew. Hope you guys are going into 2019 full steam ahead. Well, as I said, we certainly are. Uh, I have a question about your stance on continuity in fiction, specifically Transformers fiction. As a longtime comic fan, I'm well-versed in the pros and cons of the dreaded retcon or reboot in fiction. While I can understand the need to keep things fresh and attract a new audience every couple of years, it does feel like a punch in the gut for fans who dedicated a great deal of time and love for an existing status quo. I think the question is timely, what with IDW's well-received Transformers comic book line is about to relaunch, the movie's presumably having a new direction with the premiere of the Bumblebee movie, and many versions of the Transformers cartoons we've had in between. 
between. Some writers believe continuity is a major hurdle when telling a story, and a bloated backstory might be hard to keep straight over the years as creators rotate in and out of a given franchise. Personally, I'm a stickler for continuity, and when a writer or group of creators are able to tie two somewhat unrelated pieces of fiction together via the magic of continuity, I can't help but give them high praise. Beast Wars is the standout for this. When Beast Wars Season 1 came out, it felt like a show trying to do its own thing, but come Season 2 and the maturation of creators and their deeper understanding of the background IP, they tied it into G1 in a believable and very entertaining way. So where does the TFW crew fall into it when it comes to the question of fictional continuity, be it in Transformers or any other specific franchise? I look forward to hearing your guys' thoughts. Stay safe and keep on trucking. Optimus Prime was a truck. I see what you did there, Badlander86. Transformers is like very specifically a franchise where I have different opinions on continuity is what I would probably say to yes. start off. I, I, I would I would concur with that statement. So like I don't know if that already kind of pollutes what you were hoping our answer would be, but it's it's true. Like Transformers for me um has established a status quo of a liquid status quo on a continuity level where like I like continuity I like continuity. Um but with Transformers very specifically, I'm also super cool with throwing continuities at because it's it's part of the science of what keeps uh, this this otherwise like really oddly specific franchise alive and thriving uh, for, for decades, in my opinion, anyway. Um, so, yeah, Aaron and TJ, it sounds like you're both on the same track. <laughs> yeah, the, it's like Beast Wars did a, a beautiful job with it because it like had a season and and time to grow into its old thing and had other artificial constraints that focused like story over anything else. Yeah. Um, due to the cost of like CG was really stupid expensive then. And that's why Tigatron's kind of just a fat cheat or because it's a whole lot easier to make that model than it would be to make a, a canine model or whatever the other dog mold was that came out of Beast Wars. Like that was his some name. Of those that was things. his name. K nine. There, there was another one though. Oh, uh, he was a, a Wolfang, but Wolfang was Wolfang. a was a repaint of K nine. I think. Yeah. Oh no! Right. No, other way around. K nine yeah. was a remold of Wolfang because Wolfang yes. was the one they wanted to have in the show. Yeah. All right, nerds. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> hang on. I think I just so, yeah, a, I know. an entire I know. glass pane just fell out of the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I think that like Beast Wars was able to do that very well. And because it only, like, it touched on G1 continuity, but it never, like, it even messed it up with the whole, like, Spark being the Matrix grippy chamber thing. Like, so it, even when you're glancing at it, you can still have some of those errors. Um, You know, when, when, when I first read this, it was, um, since you put this up yesterday... Um, the one thing that came to mind is, so there is Star Trek Discovery. That's the new Star Trek show that's like the CBS Access, all access only thing if you're in the U.S. And if you're not in the U.S., then there's like 18 different ways that maybe you can get at it or however you want to get it. There's one of the characters in that that is getting a Section 31 spinoff series, supposedly. So you're already set in kind of in in Star Trek mythology, the original series time frame that they're just before the original series, like by five years. And at the end of season one, you see the Enterprise, except for it doesn't look like the Enterprise that you remember. And so maybe there's some hand wavium in there for that. But now you're going to be setting yet another series up with this thing that 
the couple of people that are in my like little trek circle were all concerned that writers or producers or whoever are going to try and get cute and say that like oh well the reason why this happened on the original series was three episodes of this other show rather than like you can write a good story that's in a universe and not have to hit up against other continuity like other pre-existing stuff i feel like you can do both though because if you, you do it you once can, you do it you once can, real but cute it's, like the but it's a it's a thing that has to be a very soft touch or, or or it can be a heavy touch but just once like you know ds9's uh triples episode yeah like that right. that wasn't but a light touch that was a that, very... <laughs> that was, but that was but that was a ultimately it was very well controlled yeah that's what I mean. Imagine, imagine though, an entire series of that. Well, that was basically not the same right. way, but but in a on a parallel track. That is how I understand a lot of Enterprise got away from itself. Was Enterprise had had prolonged encounters with like the Time Police or whatever, right? Uh, which which sort of takes away. It takes you out of the part where it was supposed to be. Hey, what what happened? What happened with the very first, you know, crew of whatever? And it's like, but we're also going to halfway set it like after DS Nine, but not in the way that you want, where you get to see Kira's space station. Uh, so I, I think it, it's all comes really with all things continuity included. I think it yeah. comes down to the writer. Um, yeah, I, I I think if you're going to do that stuff, you'd have to have a couple of writers that are the the just damn nerds that can. Like be the whole uh, what's the the common trope in uh, the the comic book geek in Simpsons talking about the itchy and scratchy episode where he hits the same rib on itchy skeleton twice, but it makes two different fo- tones. I didn't I didn't know how, we had a dare you? Simpsons nerd in this podcast. DJ. No, I I I, I, I <laughs> do you hear saw that in ref I... in reference to the that Star Trek discussion. He like, claims he just morning. saw it. Just happened to. Yeah, I know. That's what they always say. I'm uh, sorry, Aaron. Yeah, you're right, though. Um, you know that caricature is very spot on. DJ, <laughs> uh, what about you when it comes to continuity? Like, it sounds like you're you were in agreement too. Like with Transformers, it's almost like a slightly different entity when it comes to talking about that stuff. Yeah, kind of is. Like Transformers is unique in that it's established how many different continuities it can have at any given time, and no real regard for any. Like even at in its inception, you already had comic book or cartoon continuity. Yeah. Like, at no point have we had just, like, a one single continuity, like a comic book or, yeah. like, any traditional TV show. Yeah. And and I feel like the current... Because to me, the current state of Transformers is it's, the it's I think, one of the first franchises to really uh, actually achieve without also dying at least once in the process the, the monomyth idea of... We just have a sort of shared, vague, um, you know, mythology that often is drawn from, but without the specifics being important, while still achieving the recognition one wants to get out of doing that. And I feel like a lot of comics actually really wish they could do that, or at least I get the impression a lot of comic book writers wish they could do that, like Mm -hmm. be the writer on Spider-Man. But just write good Spider-Man stories that, you know, call back to things that happened, but not having to worry about the absolute specifics because it's all sort of a vague shared history, which honestly, they kind of do already when it comes to the nature of when superhero origins took place and how those always get sort of updated every decade and a half. Right. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, Peter Parker was not in college in the 60s anymore. Right. But he kind of was. 
but also wasn't. You know, it's like, it's like the whole thing of like all of like Punisher was a Korean War, uh, Vietnam War, uh, other military war, uh, first Iraq War, uh, Afghanistan veteran. Yeah, it's it's like it's like with with Marvel, um, it always feels like the last fifty years, cons- the last everything since the nineteen fifties has all happened in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Always, and so I'm like I'm like especially with with comic books. That's why like as someone who likes continuity. When something becomes that monstrous and it has to keep coming out every month, it's kind of like you have to allow it to get kind of, you know, slippy and a little bit a little bit fuzzy with that stuff. Or like you you then have the other effect, which is, you know, the comic book shakeup event. Uh, DC uses those to with a sledgehammer res- reset their continuity now and then uh, while also eventually. I mean, at least I think so. I recall often they will reset continuity with a massive uh, cosmic event. And then within five to ten years as a big reveal, say all the other continuities are still out there so that they can go back to those as well. I mean, and then they that, will... I mean, that's a typical thing for them to do, but also their continuities never really change that much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, okay. <laughs> like goose it a little bit to the left or right. Yeah, Superman's like... got a red belt, not red underpants. That's really old now. It's really old. Oh, well, he switched back to trunks. Well, oh. man, I can't keep up with anything. Uh, but yeah, like, like, I, I think for continuity, I like it if there's tight continuity in the space of, like, two to five years. I think that's really cool. But I think also a lot of stories will run out of steam by then. Um, and I think that they don't have to go away. I just think we have to take a break from them. Uh, but I love coming back to continuities, uh, like, a long time afterwards. Like, maybe other continuities happen. But then, like, like my hope for IDW is that in, like, five, ten years... We get like an annual where it's like, hey, let's check in with the old IDW verse. And, you know, it's it's just continued happening. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We, we we weren't reading it, but it's still there. Like, I love that kind of stuff. Or if we ever come back to animated and do like an animated season four, just go in real time. It's been, you know, however long since uh, 2010 or 2011. I forgot when the final season was. I think it was 2010. Uh so we'll just say that much time took place. Let's go back and see what happened. Like other shows have done this um, with with their, you know, kind of anniversary specials or revisiting specials. And I like that kind of stuff. But when it comes to things like, you know, oh, how is Bumblebee the movie going to affect the Michael Bay movie continuity or its relation to it? Or how is, um, you know, new IDW books, how are those going to go? Or how will this uh, vaguely G1 thing tie into g ones plural that we've known i'm kind of like who cares like whatever it does it's fine if it does something different that's great like cyberverse it's very like uh just the big hand wave g1 uh with you know obviously sprinklings of idw thrown all over the place but i don't mind that because it also does a few things very differently and i'm like all right that that makes it the cyberverse continuity whatever by now we ought to be used to this like just let, let it all roll call the characters prefixed with the show name that they're in um, you know, like, I don't want to get into a Bumblebee movie until we actually record a thing about it. But like mm-hmm. with that one specifically, there's this whole aspect of that where I'm kind of like, it's been 11 years since the film. This is the closest to potentially tying into. I feel like you can take a lot of this stuff as homage at this point, because that's an 11 year old film. You can homage an 11 year old film in the same franchise without being in continuity to it. Uh, any other any other continuity stuff you guys want to throw in? Um, 
I don't want to like trample over the notion. It's just like like we were all saying, Transformers is a very unique creature. Yeah. Uh, I hope that answers your question, Badlander eighty six. And and I'll I'll just say one more time. I actually do love continuity a lot. I don't even hate it in the Marvel movies. As tired as I've gotten of thirty percent of the Marvel movies. Uh, in their delivery. Uh, I still think movies with interlaced continuity is fantastic. I just think only a few people should be doing it. Not not everyone. Did you see the Spider-Man trailer? I did. Drop today. I did see the Spider-Man trailer. I have two weird. Okay. Actually, my big, my big goofy happy thought is, is, um, Hey, okay. Before I do this, here's a question. Is it a spoiler to say a character who appears in a trailer? I, 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 I mean, still give the the moments like, hey, have you seen the trailer yet? Yeah. Because yeah. like my brother specifically is like, I don't like to know anything until I go in to see the movie. So don't talk about what's in the trailer. The, I mean the fella granted, so, if you're if you're so, on if you're on Twitter today, then the the oh, trending yeah. topics would have just blown all of it for you. That's why yeah. that's why a lot of people just get off Twitter. <laughs> so so a whole lot of talk here. It it seems like we might be talking about this trailer. I, I just wanted to throw out I have I have three bullet points. Here's my big happy one. There's a Marvel character I've loved ever since I was a kid that a lot of people don't. He's at the end of that trailer, and he looks like a badass, and that makes me really happy. Um, number two, I got this weird feeling. That obviously, this trailer's being dropped with all the gravitas and, and the media push of a Marvel trailer. It also felt like it was kind of just being slid out there, and I'm kind of like, is this both riding Spider-Verse and also going, well, Spider-Verse killed the hype for our movie, just put the trailer out. Uh, and in three, when people are trying to figure out chronologically where this movie is happening, like, for God's sake, don't. Why Why would you want to try to figure that out when it's really obvious probably where it is? But, like, why? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Like, you, you all are going to watch it. So don't theorize about it and thus wreck it for yourself if it's that important. Like, yeah, <laughs> I liked I liked David Fakeyes' tweet with the screen cap from the international trailer in which someone is holding a banana at one point in the international trailer exclusive footage. Uh-huh. And he said, bananas confirmed in the MCU. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> but the snap. <laughs> so, so there is a moment in that trailer that is perfect. That can only happen in a trailer. Mm-hmm. And, and it's what I had to ask a couple of people at work. Like, Hey, just go take five minutes, watch this thing because I noticed this and I I I think it's it's great. Um so it's the the song that's playing over both of those trailers oh. is the Ramones. Yeah, yeah. And so the moment when Ned walks in and then gets darted in the neck, the song is I wanna be and then boop, and then he drops. <laughs> yep. Also they- those of you that don't know the song, it's I wanna be sedated and then he is. Yeah. That's cute. And I, well, I, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's per- there's no way that that's going to happen like in the movie. And it's great that it's in the trailer and that somebody's like, oh, hey, we could have some fun here. Well, the, the other trailer thing they did is they took the 60s Spider-Man theme. Maybe they did this for Homecoming. I just missed it. But they took the, the 60s Spider-Man theme. And for for that scene, they semi-toned it to be menacing. And I was mm-hmm. I was actually laughing pretty hard. <laughs> So I was like, I was like, you're you're doing it, but that's our friggin' that's doing a backflip musically. You, yeah, <laughs> there's part of me that got to the end of that trailer. Like, you paid an orchestra to play the '60s Spider-Man theme. Okay, 
But then the part where they did it in a semitone down to make it menacing and intense, where I was kind of like, oh, I like this, but I also feel like I gotta say that you guys are doing a really stupid great thing here. It, like, stupid great. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we gotta all acknowledge, trying to make that theme menacing and intense and epic is is ridiculous, but I like that y'all are doing it anyway. <laughs> Uh, which brings us to our next listener question from Tay Washi. Um, this actually is related somewhat to the Bumblebee movie. Uh, so it's not a spoiler in the sense that if you've been following even toy news, you know about this character who is in the movie. But if you really don't want to know, then maybe skip ahead about 10, 15 minutes. There you go. Tay Washi says, um... Why is it in the the greater community, fan community, uh, it's gener- the, the greater fan community is generally unyielding to different design aesthetics, uh, on a very base level, I should add. Uh, while truck chest windows on Prime are a favorite of mine, I don't think that holding a single design aesthetic is healthy in a 40-year-old franchise. Well, 35, let's be fair, 35. Um, I cite the often given criticism that Prime from the Bumblebee movie is, quote, finally good. Uh, while, while I like the design, I find that is sort of telling about uh, the general community's tastes. Uh, so what he's, what he's saying in a sense, because I, I, I somewhat agree with him. Uh, I, agreed, I, I agreed with this notion back when the Bumblebee trailer dropped and all anyone was talking about was, look, they look like G1. Um, which is like, there's a lot of people saying, finally, Optimus Prime looks good in the Bumblebee movie. And like, he does look good in the Bumblebee movie. But, like, the reasoning is this really shallow, like, he looks more like the 80s, and it's like, where this is coming from, I think, is, like, while we have had Transformers that have aesthetically broken away from the 80s a whole lot, it seems even in 2019, 2018, uh, the fallback is still often, oh, but it looks like the 80s, so it's it's now better, and... There was a, a, a thing, a side by side shown of the two Optimuses from like movie one and and Bumblebee, uh, which was supposed to show how much better the Bumblebee one was. But I agreed with a couple folks that like this also showed how much better of a silhouette the the original movie Optimus has as far oh, as yeah. like having like a super a superhero build. Uh, whereas this one is actually very like I like how lanky this one was, but he also like was lanky to the point of his legs looking kind of funny in that photo uh, where they, they don't look that funny in, in the actual film. But uh, yeah, I think, I, I think that not as much of the, co- of the community as you might think is unyielding. The ones who flip out about the eighties are just the loudest. There are still folks who like, there's a huge part of our community. Um, I think maybe it's just not as loud as, as one might think for whom Transformers Prime is the pinnacle of, of Transformers visual and design, and that, like, they're actually not wrong when when you might say the cartoons have not really looked as good as Prime since Prime, because uh, Prime also was friggin' a high-budget cartoon production um, mm-hmm. that, that is not afforded to Transformers cartoons anymore. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I think it's, it's interesting food for thought. As someone who does like this Optimus a whole lot, I think it's, it's pretty good food for thought. TJ, what do you think about this? I mean, for me, there's always going to be a preference to some of the classic designs, but I don't find, you know, like, I personally don't find issue with the changing aesthetic. You know, we just talked about it. One of the things about the continuity shifts in Transformers is it keeps things interesting. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, if you're tired of the G1 Prime, here, here take a look at the Armada. Like, it actually did a pretty nice job. You want something a little closer to home? Look at the Cybertron version. It looks really, really solid. There nothing, and there was no Prime in between those. Just don't even bother looking. Uh, got two good ones there. Why look? Uh, yeah. But, 
Yeah, um, I mean, you know what? I'll stick up for the one in the middle. When when he's not the toy, <laughs> when he's the CG model, he looks really good. That's what I'll say. Okay. Uh, but, like, for me, I always feel like people get really hung up on visual identity. It's like, you look at, like, movie Ratchet, like, if you just, just look at the robot mode and get no context or explanation to it, you probably wouldn't guess that was supposed to be Ratchet. It's one of those things that, like, it feels like a different character. It looks like a different character, but you're told that no, it is this character, and we have this kind of, kind of floaty continuity of like we use the same names all the time, but we can change the designs, so we can get away with that. But in mm. this, in like the kind of big budget, this is Transformers on the big screen. People kind of go, well, why doesn't it? You know, why doesn't it look like you know the real? Air quote, the real ratchet. I, th- I think some of the concern that some folks express is also coming from a place of like, while a lot of this stuff in a, in a vacuum, I think it looks awesome. It's it's hard to deny that like Transformers aesthetics across the franchise right now have funneled into like exactly one straw for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's kind of like it's cool right now. I'm still fine with it, but I am also I can't deny that like. I certainly hope this is not all we have for the next, like, ten years. Like, I'm getting a little misty-eyed for stuff like um, even just Cybertron Optimus, uh, let alone, like, Armada Optimus. Like, just something, something like, at least where it's like, you know, he doesn't have a silver stripe, at least we could have that. Or maybe his chest, you know, isn't two pectoral windows. Uh like little things like that, I would love to sacrifice at a, in a heartbeat because uh, I don't think they would have much of an effect either. And it, and it is kind of weird to me that like now he has chest windows. Is like they did it. They fixed Transformers because it's like, well, what was Transformers to you then? Like because that's not much that they did. Yeah, I I think some of it can also be just like many people have such a solid touchstone back to to the graphics of a thing yeah. the way that a thing looks and to to do something close to it i i can see the mindset being well why did you do it 80 percent of the way there not you took the core of it and you riffed on it it's instead like the other way like they didn't do it all the way i mean my question is why does optimus prime never wear a shirt because he's always drawn to look like he's basically half naked. Because he's always got big, obvious pectorals, a big, obvious six-pack, uh, buttons all over his crotch. Like, he... I don't know. He he never looks very armored to me when he's done the most G1. And, and yeah. a lot of the ones that break G1 convention make him look more armored uh, in ways I kind of like. Um, I like the G1 one as well. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I just had a moment yesterday where, like... So, I'm already into MP44. I went to watch how those two third-party... Uh, masterpiece optimuses this year work because they're about to come out the the magic square and transform element ones they all transform completely differently from each other and all transform uh differently than the um the optimus kind of model transformation that like mp10 and even the siege one kind of adhere to uh so i'm kind of excited about three vaguely identical optimus primes who look like the 80s uh, so I like that design, but like, yeah, I, I, I never, I, it's, it's being, it's a weird place to be in where it's like, I kind of like everything Transformers for the most part when it's not super link. So like, it, it's, it's easy to come off like, you know, my opinion's worth nothing and it, maybe it is, but like, I like to think I have like a mindset behind what I, what I like and 
even when I like something, like it, it's hard to deny the qualm, the worry that we have a whole bunch of two pectoral windows, grill, abdomen, white crotch, blue lower legs, uh, smokestack, shoulders, Optimus Primes um, everywhere right now. Um, anyway, aesthetic talk. <laughs> uh, the one thing I'm happy about is I don't care about them looking like screen caps. So as much <laughs> as I'm like sitting here going like, I might just uh, this year purchase three Masterpiece Optimus Primes by different companies. Uh, it's balanced out by the part where I don't care about the, you know, like basically most of what Fans Toys does because most of their transformations are junk. So, you know, it evens out. We're all spending too much money, but the same too much money. What was I talking about? Anything else about that list of question you guys want to throw in? No, I'm good. All right. I had some of those Sam Yang fire noodles, and like I'm feeling just friggin' pumped right now still. I'm just feeling spicy. Ah, well, I, I've been cutting the spice. I still can't do spice above like a soft medium, but they taste really good. So I cut them with some cheddar, grated cheddar cheese and two eggs. Uh, and man, that stuff was good. It was the carbonara. It's slightly less spicy than the cheese one. Uh, anyway. Don't mind me if I'm a little bit, um, you know, uh, capsaicin cocaine, as as one might say. It's capsaicin, right? The spice chemical? Capsaicin, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got a bit too much of that in me. Ha! Listener question from Common Ranger Bat. I almost messed that up, and I read the name yesterday telling myself not to mess it up, so good on me. Um, TJ, would you like to read this question? Oh, well, yeah, I can. Uh, All right. <clears throat> Uh, got a question for you guys. What's your opinion on replacing toys on your shelf with new versions? There's a lot of talk about the new Hound being compared to the old Definitive Hound, and 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 was curious what you guys think. Also, if you do replace versions of characters on your shelf, what do you do with the old figures? So, do any of you guys like just friggin' eat your old figures? Just like no, no. not not often. All right. I'm I'm pretty much out of world smallest at this point. Do you remember that thread about the guy who said he accidentally <laughs> ate his world's smallest, world's smallest ravage, ravage. Oh, when, when he ate his stew? Because it got in, no, because it got into cereal. No, it was stew. It was. I remember was it, it was stew? stew. I thought it was. I, I thought it was cereal. Because I remember I, I had in my mind this guy was just like a friggin' giant bucket of a mouth and a big steaming bowl of stew, just eating toys. Uh, that was a joke thread from many years ago. So, yeah, replacing characters on your shelf. Do you do you replace people with new versions? Do you not care? Like, um, Aaron, I, I am really bad about like the shelves that I have set up upstairs have been pretty static over the years to the point of like when I've sold stuff, I've not even really like cycled things back in. For the most part, a lot of the stuff that I get now lives on a desk for a few months and then it goes in a bin to be put in a bin upstairs where everything else is yeah that's what happens so, with the old figures. so so no yeah <laughs> the, the old figures all of my stuff from like 10 12 15 years ago all of that stuff's still on display hey um the 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 more modern stuff the more recent stuff that i kind of enjoy more or have enjoyed more maybe than i did that older stuff uh is in a bag in a bin because in order to put it on a shelf i'd have to go and clean all that stuff out and unfortunately i'm at one of those critical junctures where i have too much stuff so to like redo shelves or something i'd need to pull stuff down and it's not like i really have the space to in an organized fashion pull stuff down to put stuff up so you're saying that the figures with tenure 
uh, have pushed yeah. the new, uh, more exciting, more invigorated younger figures into a box. What yes. an oddly accurate, just like education. Yes, I was about to say, what a strange metaphor you have you have created with your toy collection for the education system. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> TJ, uh, what about you? Like, do you have a, a a rotation for old figures? Do you replace versions of guys on your shelf? Uh, I kind of do. Like, when it comes to the shelf itself, all I really care about in the moment is just the visual representation of those characters. So it does get a little bit redundant to have, you know, a dozen Optimus Primes out at one time or or just to have two competing Megatrons on the shelves. I kind of do that. I kind of do that now because I've still got my Henke Megatron out, which has been on the display shelf for years. But now I have this other Megatron, who looks, you know, who like as far as just like fitting the G one Megatron look, hits it just a lot closer to home. But at the same time, he doesn't turn into a gun like the NK one does. So it's it is it's an even mix between the two at the moment of which which I'm after. Uh, like generally, the ones that fit my mental image of the character better is going to stay on the shelves, and then mm-hmm. whichever one I decide, okay, you're a really cool toy. This is no offense to you, but you got to go to the bin. Just have the bins under the bed, pull one out, drop it in. And if I, if the stuff that I'm, the stuff that I would rather play with than keep on display generally ends up in there too. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I have, I have little displays that are often just like, there's no planning. They're kind of just born of a moment and then they'll end up sitting there for a while because I never end up rotating them for a, a good long time, but they're never really series based or character based all that much. I kind of have a thing with masterpiece toys standing together in three separate places, but only kind of. And for me, I think I think a big part of it is that for me, like I like characters, but the character identity is almost secondary to me than whether or not I think the toy is cool. So I absolutely do not uh, replace toys on a shelf with new versions or do anything with an old version because they're completely different things to me as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so like if if say like for instance, Henke Megatron versus like Siege Megatron, there probably would be a shelf display where I'm like, well, Siege Megatron fits in here better, and there'd be one where Henke fits in better, but. To me, they're they're just they're two completely different objects, so I wouldn't see it as replacing one with the other, and I wouldn't really like go. What do I do with the old one? Because I still find it an interesting figure. Uh, and then when it comes to duplicate characters too, I don't really care either. Like I have I have my two luxury knockoff MP36s with MP36 all just sort of chilling out together because I'm like I think it's funny to have just three Megatrons hanging out. Uh, that's why I'm also kind of okay with MP44, Magic Square, and Transform Elements Optimuses uh, potentially all hanging out in one shelf. Because I'm like, whatever. There's there's a Can Can line of Megatrons dancing against a, the Can Can line of Optimuses. They're gonna have, they're gonna have a, a big old fight. They're gonna all arm wrestle each other. I don't know. Um, I care more about what the figure does than its displayability. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I'm coming from. I, I'm only throwing that in. I mean, it's not relevant to the to the answer beyond I, I say like I have no opinion to the, the actual question, but I'm throwing it in there just in case anyone is in, out there is in a similar place and they might be feeling weird. They don't have an organized shelf. It's like whatever. You don't need one. You do whatever you want with your figures. Just you know, don't let them fall on you. That's uncomfortable. It can be dangerous. Uh, 
but yeah, I hope that answers your question, uh, Common Ranger Bat. Um, we've got one more here from Destron Supreme. Aaron, I was going to throw you one to ask, but I realized this one is four paragraphs long. So do you want me to? Okay. Do you want me to? Do you want to take it, or do you want me to barrel it? I, I can take it. All right. All right. On uh, December twenty third. Uh, Destron Supreme said, Hello, Even Team. I hope your holidays were all merry and that Santa brought each of you something spectacular. That said, it's from that sentiment of gifts that my question for each of you comes from, in a way. You see, when I was first introduced to Transformers through the 2007 movie and animated, God, we're old, my family had little money for toys, and as such, I had only a few actual Transformers growing up, among them being a War for Cybertron deluxe Soundwave that I got on my 10th birthday. Yeah, we're old. As I went through phases and changes in my personal hobbies and interests, Soundwave was the only Transformers that always had a spot nearby, and to this day is ever in the center of my generation's Decepticons. However, therein lies the rub. I'm so attached to WFC Soundwave that no other Soundwave can ever really measure up. Just to cut in for a second, we talked about that toy's Toy Fair debut on this podcast before it came Mm. out. Mm Hmm. Anyway, continue. Be it the Fall of Cybertron, the Titans Return, the Animated, or any other sound wave, it always felt to me like something was missing. Something I assumed was the flaw of the other toys. The shoulders were too square, or the visor was the wrong red, or some other quibble that I would always find to verify that my original sound wave was still the best. However, upon seeing Siege Soundwave, and more pointedly, getting Masterpiece Soundwave from my sister recently, I realized that the fault was with me. Objectively, War for Cybertron Soundwave is not the pinnacle of Transformers, and is really rather average. Yet I still hold him in such high regard that I am unable to look at it critically. When others see panel feet and strange articulation, all I see is the only version of my favorite Transformer I ever had as a kid, the surrogate leader of my childhood Decepticon team, and the figure I took everywhere with me. So blind am I that I still can't admit that Masterpiece Soundwave is a better figure in my heart, even though it is clearly so. The Masterpiece may be a Masterpiece, but the Alpha Wave is still the same. So I have to know, have any of you ever experienced this? Has nostalgia or deeper connections with figures ever made you unable to either replace or move past them? Have bad average figures ever endeared themselves to you so much that you assume that they're actually brilliant? Am I a horrible person acting like a spoiled brat by clinging to the old sound waiver? Is it all just naturally a part of growing as a collector? Thank you guys for answering another of my silly questions and welcome to the new year. Click. I want to I wanna actually throw an answer directly to Destron Supreme. Uh, you're not a horrible person, nor are you a spoiled brat. You are going through a natural part of growing as a collector, but you're you're hitting you're hitting the middle part, the part where a lot of people hit where they think that there are objective qualities that they are supposed to recognize and respect in toys and that some toys are simply better than others. And it's it's something that you will also grow out of when you come to realize that their subjective qualities that are a hundred times more important. The fact that that is your sound wave is infinitely more important than anything that the masterpiece toy does. Uh, mm-hmm. that, and that tie is what causes you or someone in your position, like 10 years from now, to make like Masterpiece War for Cybertron Soundwave. Uh, that's the beauty of having so many different versions of these characters. Uh, and, and part of the beauty of toy collecting, uh, once you go through it enough, in my opinion anyway, is, uh, it doesn't matter, uh, if someone tells you that there's a better version, if that version is the one that's the best for you. Um, also, I, I think that calling War for Cybertron Soundwave rather average, that's being a bit unkind. I think that actually was one of my favorite figures from that line. 
Uh, he had the look of the War for Cybertron toys, but without the obscene complexity of Optimus and Bumblebee, or the kind of mm-hmm. kind of man with rods in his limbs look of War for Cybertron, Megatron. Um, that that sound wave is actually one of my favorite of those deluxes. Uh, so so watch your tongue, sir, about my favorite sound wave. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like you might have gotten maybe other fans trying to punch it in your head that like, you know, you have to admit Masterpiece Soundwave is better because like it isn't better. It's just better if you like the Masterpiece Soundwave more, you know, like don't don't fall for the the really easy trap of the quote unquote objectively better qualities uh, when especially for a hobby like toys, like subjective qualities are are thousands of times more important. As long as you can explain what they are, that's all that matters. Um, and, and obviously there's things where if someone goes like, hey, the articulation's weird. Like, don't die on a dumb hill, as I often say. But like, if the articulation's weird, but it doesn't screw up the toy for you, the thing to look into is, all right, what's like two sentences I could write about why that articulation doesn't mess up the toy for me? Because clearly I'm fine with it. Um, which to me is the beauty of toy collecting once you get past the get it. I mean, I'm basically doing an advertisement for my panel now, but like, I really like the part of toy collecting after you get the figure where you go like, why do I like this? Even when other people are telling me I shouldn't or vice versa. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's, that's my, I want to get that out there first. There's actually a whole other question in here. Uh, Aaron, you always put, you actually, both of you always are giving Computron a pass on everything, aren't you? Like you're, you're all like, so I have a lot of nostalgia for that old Computron, but it's not like both Computrons. It, Unite Warriors. Yes, and I Combiner did. Wars. I love both of them. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, but that is that is a character versus a toy discussion, and I'm not even saying that Computron is a better character. It's it's uh, I can I mean I can see that because for a long time, um. My, like my OG Power Master Optimus Prime was a bar because I spent so many hours playing with that toy. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like Armada Optimus Prime with his base mode trailer becomes a giant portion of his body thing had such a really cool like resonance to it. Like, yeah, yeah, it's that again. And then like you actually look at that toy and you go, Wow, surprising it's not burnt down more houses. Yeah, the um, the noises, good lord. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it's a thing that I think maybe when I passed through some of that t- same time frame was kind of my, like, a, a period in time that there wasn't the internet so much to see, like, hey, these are the toys that you're supposed to like. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. You know, it was very much like I'd see something on pegs and go, hey, I think that looks neat and get it and go, hey, this was neat or eh, maybe not so much. Um, and then like later on, when I came back around the other side of a lot of that and then was able to see like early photo reviews of toys and stuff, uh, early Internet, um, like accessible Internet and seeing like how things are different and then was able to come at it maybe from a slightly different direction on some things leading into that armada like time frame of things mm-hmm. that like I don't know if I've ever sat there and like stood up on that hill and said this is the best toy ever step off if you don't like it um plus I 
try to be a person that like, hey, we can have a discussion about anything and I'll listen to your 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 talking points as long as you can present them in an objective way. If you sit there and you scream back, you know, but War for Cybertron Soundwave is the best Soundwave ever and then start throwing things, I'm probably going to not listen to well, your that, discussion. That's less about objectivity than more about things. More about simple like candor though. Because, like, yeah. if, if one was going to actually go into a, a discussion between the two toys, like, if you have an objective discussion, uh, it's a very short discussion that's mostly mathematical. Um, well, no, but, I mean, you can still talk about in something like a toy, there are different ways that you can try and objectively talk about what it is. And, you know, I, I, you, I can guess, say, but... you can say, like, hey this thing has better posability here and you can say, well, I prefer different posability here. And like, you can have, cause that's, that's what I mean. There, there, there's no right. Right. But you can still have that discussion in there. And, and if you're, you know, both of the people in that discussion are saying you can have, you can come to a, a conclusion, even if that conclusion is, I see why you like that toy, but it's not for me. Oh yeah. I, I think what I, what I mean to say is like, I don't think that's necessarily an objective conversation it's a polite conversation right. um about about subjective qualities because like even articulation it's like i used to fall into the trap of going like well if there's more joints it's better but it's like more joints that are not executed well is worse than less joints that are executed really well um unless uh, you know that's my taste but there are some folks for whom they do want the numerical uh count and thus like in that conversation we kind of just immediately run into that wall um if we're like keeping it super objective. So I, I, that's where I'm coming from. It's like subjectivity can still be there. It's just like realize the, it's realizing the subjectivity and realizing that it is not an objective quality that you might be standing up for. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that is a hill to overcome in a lot of um, uh, toy conversation uh, still um, advertisement for my panel. Once again, what's going on uh tj what about you have you ever had the 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 nostalgia um blinder that's that's being discussed in the question i'm trying to think of a of a particular point like there's tons of toys where i get really attached to them like, yeah just like like i can re i can remember being uh like fascinated with toys like like i remember seeing it like a g1 astro train as a kid that just enthralled me and like i still find a lot of favor with that toy you know um I I was about to say one, and I feel like we actually just had this conversation literally in the last two months. But, like, when I think of you and this question, it's not even nostalgia, but I'm like, I was immediately going to say Wingsaber again. No, no, no. See, that <laughs> crossed my mind. I went, yeah. no, I, no, no. <laughs> We're going to set this aside. I, I have this example <laughs> too often. Also, yeah. oh, hi, Energon Sharktacon. I mention you too often. Let's get you yeah. out of this conversation. <laughs> we got to, we got to, Energon is a good toy line. And we don't need it to always be the example that is half throwing shade at it, saying that it's the good toy line everyone calls bad. Because a lot of people think it's a yeah. good toy line. Damn it! Ne never mind. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I just crapped on your Optimus Prime. I'm sorry. Not on the toy though. Not the CG model. CG model. Oh, chef kiss. What a great, great CG model. <laughs> I mean, I can talk about things like Cybertron Starscream. Which I go on about how much I love that design. I think it's as cool as the Starscream has ever looked. I look back at that toy and realize there's so many problems with that toy. Yeah, like, yeah. But that—that's why, like you know, moving to you know the, the last year or two, 
that's why I feel it felt like as much as we've had, you know, Masterpiece Starscream's come and go, it was that Masterpiece Galaxy Force Starscream that Make Toys did that really friggin' like sank a hook into you. Oh. Yeah, like that that was the downfall. Like that was that that, that was open that like I think I think especially with third party because it's such a high dollar amount for most figures that it takes that one to get the hooks in and pull you into that world. So that was the one for me. Yeah, and, and then like uh fans hobby, uh I believe are the ones who who advertised at TFCon or whatever that like or no, was that not TFCon, a more recent show that they're like, hey, we're gonna do a third party masterpiece uh high end Armada Optimus Prime. Uh and I'm like, all right. Interest peaked. <laughs> yeah. Pre order uh, in for the uh scattershot that's coming out. Yes, um free ah now the company name just it's the one man operation. Uh, who's doing that thing kind of by himself. Uh, that scattershot is very cool looking. And all of the names relevant to it just flew out of my head. I blame the capsaicin. Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> having some of that like, capsaicin memory loss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like, for me, like, I always say, like, the the only thing a toy is meant to do is be fun. So, like... Mm. You know, it's, you, you, like no matter what, like anyone says, definitive version. No, you know, even if it's like okay, War for Cybertron or Fall of Cybertron, Soundwave in this case. That's you know, it's it's a solid figure. If you're looking at G1, of course, it's not the best example, but who cares? Like you have fun with that toy, whether it's from nostalgia, from uh, just you know, personal connection, or because you just generally find its aesthetics and its function more pleasing or more fun all that matters is your fun with that toy mm-hmm. that's it mm. yeah and like what I, the last thing i'll throw in here that's kind of pulling from that panel series i do is if you're if you're starting to like dress down you know war for cybertron Soundwave, and you're starting to, to dress down masterpiece Soundwave and figure out all these you know reasons why the masterpiece might be better um but you still like the war for cybertron one more Take all that, that that analytic energy and and turn it inwards and instead figure out, okay, if I like War for Cybertron Soundwave more, obviously nostalgia being a big reason, but there may be other reasons, do some self-assessment because that will help you figure out some of the roots of what you prefer as a, as, as a toy collector and as a toy fan and as a fan of, of Transformers as well. Uh, I think that is an infinitely more interesting road to go down that is also more fruitful than just trying to figure out if the things you like are correct to like or not. Uh, cause, cause there, if you like something, unless it's like, you know, murder, uh, it's correct to like it. Uh, so just figure out, you know, what Venn diagrams you pass through. You'll pass through more than one, you know, of, of subjective qualities that are important to you. And that helps you kind of just assemble in your own head. Like, all right, this is kind of what I like out of toys. And then it, it adds a bit of a confidence when you then enter into toy conversations and someone might go like, oh, you like that thing. It's bad. Then you can go like, well, I like it because to me, this, this and this are important. Like, I, I've now said that many times in regards to third party toys when I talk about or, or masterpiece official toys, when I say like the tactile experience is paramount to me and I need that to be good um, for me to like something more than something else. Uh, that's why, you know, I like this figure over, you know, the fans toys one obviously is often the case right now of late, but uh, that's a big reason why I don't really care for a lot of fans toys is uh, after their Skyfire, 
Like, I, I almost want to go track down their sludge, because apparently he was up there with that Skyfire as far as, like, a really just good-feeling toy experience. And I'd love to know what that one felt like, because then I'll have the two that they did <laughs> before whoever worked on those, like, you know, returned to their home planet or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, figure out, like, you know, turn that energy inwards, figure out who you are as a collector, and I think you'll get more out of it than, you know... uh being put in a position where you think that your absolute favorite toy is not very good. Um, answering the actual question, when I talk about how much I like Omega Supreme, no matter how it sounds, there's very little irony in that. I actually do really like Omega Supreme. I think the Omega Supreme should be in the franchise more. Grimlockimus did a big custom Omega Supreme, and I need to figure out how to how to take that from him. Uh, hopefully involving money. Uh, but if I have to, like, you know, go fist fight someone as well, like, you know, I'll I'll do crime for an Omega Scream. Uh, you know, not not dangerous crime. Um, but yeah, I love Omega Scream. Uh, people will say, oh, but his like colors jaywalking. Listen, I'm not here to like actually start. Uh, what's it? Premed- like like what's your line? I'm not I'm not here to scream. premeditate on a recorded format. I'm just, just saying. Would you Would you like? Sample audio without getting the author's uh, 100% say-so on it. I don't... I didn't know... For Spring. I'm sorry. Sorry, officer. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, this is a weird line of questioning. Uh, but yeah, I would do... Use it for 12 seconds, not 10 <laughs> seconds, so we're going to pull that down. Give somebody else the money for your audio. There, I did it! I did it, Grimlockovus! Do I earn... Do I earn Spring now? <laughs> He's like, no, first you must draw blood. Like, oh, well, it'll be worth it. <laughs> Pick up a lead pipe, walk down an alleyway. Uh, but yeah, I love Omega Supreme. A lot of people will say, like, he's a, an actual mistake of a toy that was supposed to be Omega Supreme. And I'll be like, yeah, but he, that, that's what he was supposed to be. That's not who he is. Also, I'm going to hit you with this lead pipe so I get a big fancy Omega Supreme that's one of a kind. That's what we call. That's what we call taking the joke and making it full circle. By the way, that's the free lesson uh, to add on to all those free chunks of panel that I was doing uh, for this listener question. Thank you for your listener question, Destron Supreme, uh, and also kudos for your excellent choice in sound waves that are deluxes. What turn into space trucks? Um, we're gonna do some what we got this week. So, we're going to talk about Transformers we got this week to start off. That's what we do. Uh, TJ, uh, I'm going to swing over to you first. What's what's some Transformers action you got in on? Uh, precious little this week, but what I have is oh so precious. Well, what's the precious? Uh, my Walmart finally got in the individual bot bots. We wants it. Mm-hmm. As a precious, you said. So yes, I'm doing the, yes, as yeah. a precious, of course. So, uh, I don't trust my area to keep them in stock or stock them well enough to play fair or just pull literally blind. So, thankfully, there's those little scratch codes in the back. That's still playing. The fact that they are literally scratched into the surface of the card in the back, that's playing fair to read those. Like, you, it's not, you're not, you're not, you're not molesting Lego minifig bags. You're just literally looking at a number that's been. There are actually a lot of other things that have blind packs that have a code that's easily discernible to the point of being printed on it. They had it with the Creo yeah. single packs too. Uh, Me- so. Megablocks has rotating codes per um, production assortment, but they, they have mm-hmm. those as well. In fact, Lego are the ones who are a little, they're a little bit a little stuck up about this whole thing. You know, like, oh, ours are truly blind. 
you have to molest the packages and then they're not blind. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a that was a fun five minutes of me just sitting there flipping on my phone, flipping back and forth between the list and images to correspond names to everything. Yeah, uh, I, I did it at Walmart and I still felt like a creep. I don't even know why. I mean, I've done the I've done the Lego minifig feel around, so like I don't think I could feel like much more of a creep in a toy section already. <laughs> yeah, I still I have I still get an actual not a bad one, but there's a surface level kind of rumble of anxiety if I actually start molesting more than two of those Lego minifig bags. Because I'm just like, oh, I'm standing in the aisle just doing this. It's, it's, it's actually better if someone else is there, then I'm fine. But if I'm by myself squeezing bags, oh, because because the, then you're doing it with somebody. You can be having a conversation. People, you know, people will audibly hear you kind of referencing what you're doing and be like, oh, toy collectors. But if you're by yourself, just going like, you know, like just staring off into space, it's yeah. just like, what the? I'm waiting for the <laughs> cashier to come by with a police officer who thinks I'm under the influence of something. I've just it's been just like, sitting. I've just been standing there for ten minutes, feeling bags. Is that foam? Are you foaming? Like no, <laughs> not foaming. What are you talking about? Bath salts. Uh, did you say you, you got all twenty four of them, or did you only get the ones that weren't in the? <laughs> no, I got. No, no. I, I if if money was running better, because Lord, hey, computers are expensive. Uh, I would probably have walked out with every one of them that were individual. No, in, in this case, I just walked out with the five I wanted the most. Hmm. And forgive me, I'm still trying to remember names on these guys, because these are just that odd. But, I, I got a story about this later. <laughs> okay. But, uh, got the little camera dude. Mm-hmm. And he is delightfully asymmetrical. Yeah. Say Cheese is his name. A cheese. Sorry, S A cheese is his name. S A cheese. Okay, now I rem- I remember reading that now. Of course, I have to get the camera, and he's such a neat one. Um, the scissors. Of course. Uh, the scissors? I don't. I haven't opened him yet, so I don't know his name. Okay. okay. I, I'm just realizing I'm remembering bot bot names and iron factory names, and I'm having trouble remembering the name of an actual artist who ma- who's making a toy I pre-ordered. This is really <laughs> unsettling. <laughs> Just keep the core Transformer names in your memory. Just make sure they always have space allotted. Is his company Cold Constructs? I think so. That right. sounds right. All right. I'm a human. Yay. You know, I could just check my Gmail where I've got the email just sitting there from Cold Why Constructs. would any of us do that? Uh... But I got the scissors because I could remember thinking that might be the most ridiculous thing you could ever make a transformer out of. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that he doesn't actuate his scissors. Yeah, I think that's expecting a little much. I mean, is it moddable given how small and malleable they are? Could you slice them up and uh, put a... The, no, it, the way that it works, I don't think so. Also, I believe his name is Snippy Snaps. I didn't make that remember. up. I didn't make that up, but it really sounds like I made that up, doesn't it? Uh, I like how he's got that the the way that the panel that hides his face works is that hinge in the front. So the the scissors it looks like it has like fifties greaser quaff going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, beyond that, it was Frost Ferratu. Now I get to the names I actually remember. Yeah, that was my first Lost Bot, so I remember that one forever. Yeah, he's super simple, but my god, he's so kind of adorable. Yeah. And it's Frost Ferratu. How, how, why, why, why wouldn't I pick that up? And then the, the two I wanted the most, uh, my Plant Boys, which was Stinkosaurus Rex. Mm-hmm. Was, mm-hmm. This was one house plant, and the other house plant that I wanted the most, which was Rootwing. Rootwing ain't bad. Rootwing is my favorite so far. Yeah, Rootwing I thought was gonna go bad, and then I transformed Rootwing and was like, hey, this was better than Venus, whatever her name is. <laughs> well, you had bad memories of the one that's supposed to be a frog this flytrap thing i don't that's that is the bot bot that like time forgot or something like Like, everything from the art to the toy to the weird non-used parts i'm just like like it's so weird (laughs) at some point this was supposed to squash down into a frog i see what you were going for yeah you just didn't go for it yeah it's uh, (laughs) it's weird No, these these remain delightfully fun and characterful, and I'm still happy with everything that I've gotten from them. So probably endeavor to get all the ones that I can because, like, well, I, I don't even know now. Now we got freaking color change ones coming out. I'm just ignoring those for now because only there's only two actual new molds. But TF Wiki has a buying guide for the least number of purchases you need to get the bot bots. And so I already bought the 24 blind ones, but I saw them. We have a BOGO buy one, get one half off at the fine Canadian brand Toys R Us right now. And so I thought, hey, maybe I'll just grab a bunch of bot bots. So standing, I didn't actually know there were any pictures. I, I couldn't find any pictures. I was looking at this Google Doc for all the green highlighted packs and trying to discern, okay, which one of these contains the right number of characters. And I thought that following bot bot names would be easy. And then I got home, and I only bought two of the right packs, and I bought three of the wrong ones. So I still need to buy two and a half packs to get the rest of the bot bots I want. Uh, so I'm going to end up with a bunch of spares. I could tell something was wrong when almost every one I bought had the hamburger as the, the hidden uh, toy. No. So I have three copies of the hamburger. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely gonna try. I want to paint one up to look photorealistic, basically. Yeah, right now we're at two copies of the hamburger. Cause so I also got I got one of the five packs and one of the seven packs at Target. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I wanted to get Pooh Sham, I wanted to get King Toot, and I think those were in two separate um things. Yeah, and so I'd I'd also run on the bot bot train. But yeah, so we have two of the donut, two of the ruler, two of the baseball bat. So I need, I need to. I need to bust open that Google Doc and figure out what the, like, these three, these these five packs plus this seven pack plus... So skip the Google Doc. Go to the TF Wiki product, uh, the toy line page. They green highlighted everything, okay. uh, which I wish I had known about when I was standing there. Because I'm, basically, I'm missing eight bot bots, but there's no way to do a two package purchase to get them entirely because of Major Lee Scrooge. Yeah. Um, and he—he's the one who's really screwing it up for me. Grit, grit, sandwood is the one that that screws up the order 
inherently. Uh, luckily, I didn't buy either of the Grit Sandwood packs, and so that's going to fill out a lot of my list. But basically, I need Clog Stopper, Point Dexter, Angry Cheese, Foddle Barts, Grit Sandwoods, Majorly Screwage, uh, Good Goob Tube, and Sprinkleberry Donut, because it turns out the whole time I thought that the donut was going to be one of the hidden ones, uh, and I didn't realize he's not actually able to be one of the hidden ones. So I went through all this without even getting the donut. Because I got myself so turned around trying to follow my way through who was who. Because there are a lot of bot-bot names that actually seem to apply to most of the similarly shaped bot-bots. What is the mm-hmm. difference between energies and, uh, like, foddle-barts, for instance? Um, it's, it's, it's difficult. Well, more so, the reason why I was going for the Google Doc was to, like, be able to edit and, like, cut this out, cut this out, cut this out. Oh. Okay, I, here's what I need. I made so my So then own. I can just have... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I'm just saying starting from that existing list and then, like, being able to jump over to, like, away we go. Like, here's also what I'll say. Complaining about the fact that I'm having trouble getting all the bot bots is, like, a nothing problem that no one should really worry about. And it it's helping that I'm getting the oh, yeah. BOGO one, like, buy one, get one half off. <laughs> but, um... The other part is, I've seen, I've seen the conversation going on. I have already assessed, is buying bot bots a thing I'm gonna do and then forget I own them? And I've thought about it, and I've, I've kept them in a little bag next to my desk, and... I don't think I'm I what what it is is I want to get the first wave. I don't think I'm going to bother with the color change ones other than like or the you know the color swapped ones other than like those new molds maybe. Mhm. The first okay. 60 whatever bot bots are the ones that are special to me because they're the ones that I fell in love with. Uh the rest of them I'll try to pick them up. But I'm just excited and there's also a bogo which makes it more of a quest uh for the original you know the 2018 bot bots. That's how, that's how I sussed it out. For, for the G1 bot bots? The G1 bot bots. The original, uh, um, uh, I forgot how many, the original 57 Pokemon, uh, you know. And we'll include Togepi, because he was in the anime. Uh, but yeah, it's certainly something you should assess. Like, don't go, don't go trying to collect all the bot bots unless you actually think you want them. Like, Aaron, you should, you should have that moment. Because it, it is expensive to get all of them. <laughs> But no, I'm I'm trying to uh, wean myself off of that f- as much as I can. Figure out which ones connect with you. I just had, uh, the bot bots were a special moment to me in, at the time, and wave one is that moment. But like when I saw the announcement of like, repaint waves with two new kitchen ones, I was like, eh, I'll wait and see if those kitchen ones come out in blind packs or not. Um, But yeah, man, bot bots, we all were bot- botting. I still haven't opened mm-hmm. some of... I still haven't opened some of the five and eight packs. There's a a couple of them I didn't open yet because I was like, I'm going to secure the ones I don't have first and then figure all this out. (laughs) Uh, By the way, the stapler one, I think, is my new fave, even though he has trouble standing. Uh, I love how grim he looks. Um, But DJ, any other Transformers on your end? Uh, No. Nope. Then for now. Than Aaron, any other Transformers on your end? Yeah, so a um, couple Iron Factory guys. Uh-huh. What are their got, names? Got Burning Slug and Rush Beats, which is Warpath and Jazz. And congratulations, um, you did it. Rush Beats was supposed to be for Alfie, for her jazz problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I everywhere that I was looking and shopping, 
like Rush Beats was under the cheap shipping line. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, man, if I toss in another thing that's like 20 bucks, then I'll save 15 bucks on shipping. And so bounced around and thought, well, I'd looked at Burning Slug two or three times. And um, like of the recent releases, I think that was the one that called to me more at the less expensive price point, because then everything else is like different copies of Wing of Tyrant for the all the various Seekers yeah. or... Or um, I'm trying to think what else was in was out recently. Um, like the Racing Brothers, I think was was the, the only other one that had kind of kick it over. But there's going to be like four or five different versions of Racing Brothers. Yeah, I was going to say that like that that slot is going to be filled up with a whole lot of Racing Brother skeleton types. At least like like Rushing Beats right. is is a Racing Brother skeleton. Um, heavily modified, but he's got the skeleton of one of them. I forgot which. Okay. But well, it's not the Annihilator. Correct. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, um, that's the name of their red alert. The other one. Um, the he- heavy metal. Yeah, and even well, like his lower body is the same, but the upper body's somewhat different. I don't know. It's don't know. it's not enough to call it like a remold. It's just they they're very yeah. smartly reusing some parts that are fairly generic. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, so. Uh, the jazz is very jazz-like. The the warpath is very warpathy. I like the way that his uh, weapons integrate well, like become parts of his tank mode. Yeah, it's... versus just stack on. So he's got like missile pod things that can pop up over his shoulders, and it's like what fills in the back deck of the tank. Or his rifle becomes like an exhaust thing on the back of the turret, and just part of like the cow catcher front of the tank. It was. That part was very well done. They, they fit um, so well. Like, you can't deny its parts forming on a certain level that could be off-putting. But, like, in that context, it's extremely well done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed... Uh, I've enjoyed messing with both of those. Cool. Uh, quite well. Yeah, I, I like that jazz. I, I think that that jazz, he's... He didn't cross the line, but he skirted close to the iron. Fa- this line with some iron factory stuff of like, y'all don't leave me enough room to actually move these parts around. Yeah, he's got a couple of bump uh, spots, yeah. but nothing, nothing major. Uh, like his knee is hinged at the back of the knee, so you can get it like a deeper uh, or a, a a a strong ninety degree knee out of it. Mm-hmm. With stuff that kind of fills up a little bit, so it doesn't uh, seem so obvious with the way that that's cut. So, yeah, a couple of different tricks that were interesting, and he, he, you can make him have like speakers that pop up over his shoulders if you you got to have your jazz have speakers. Now that that's a thing, that's the bit where also but, the, the paint on those speakers is also on a peg, and I had mm-hmm. I actually had to like. I didn't shave it down, but I had to kind of force that peg in and out a few times to compress the paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a, it was a touch tight. But uh, and then I also picked up a couple of siege toys. Oh boy! So I got Hound and I got Shockwave. Ooh! I talked about Shockwave a bit last week, but I, I held off super deep deep diving on the leaders because I figured you guys are going to eventually get them. Yeah. So. Uh... Which one do you want to start with? Let's do, let's do Hound, because we've talked to Deluxe a bunch, so let's hound. just catch up. Um, my Hound is good except for his weapons. Yeah, same thing with mine. So the 
spotlight part um, doesn't fit on the side of it very well, and the hole is too small. Hmm. So it just doesn't like it doesn't fit on pegs very well, and it doesn't peg into the side of the of his rifle very well. Mine goes on the side of the rifle just nicely, um, but the pegs uh, on, especially on the shoulder uh, peg holes, are are kind of loose. Uh, seems like that's like the the wave one um, jank on siege is some pegs like not that they're not working, they just aren't working well. Yeah. All the micrometers seem to be kind of off a little bit. I wonder if they're maybe using something new in the plastic that they didn't know they had to account for. Yeah, that's about what it feels like. Of like it's a little bit too like it cooled weird or something, so that where it should have been large is small, and where it should have been small is large. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I he's got a good transformation. Um, it it's like oddly simple yet complex. The friggin' like the legs. Way that his his legs, all of that comes together. Um, I, I've seen that there's somebody out there that's making a shapeways to make a missile so that his like pistol thing can be a proper shoulder cannon with the big pointed missile and then a, a part to go on the top of his, uh, Jeep to cover up the cabin that is then, uh, turns into like a, a back of the arm shield. Oh, that's kind of cool. And so that's that's interesting. That may be one of those things that I I look for down the road, just to kind of fill them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to have to figure out some some combination of file down peg plus uh, get the right amount of uh, floor polish into a peg in order to make his spare tire spotlight thing. Yeah, that's that's one of the Feasible. ones on mine that's that's really hinky. And what, what yeah. I would say, don't don't even bother filing stuff. Just do the floor polish first because that's malleable. Well, yeah. Well, no. The reason why I would file is so like the peg that you use to peg it into the side. Yeah. Of the rifle, is is too fat, so it'll just barely fit in there. But if you touch it a little bit, it almost springs out like there's like there's tension mm. or compression on it. Um, but. That's my take on Hound. Well, so let's dig into, into into Shockwave a bit, which admittedly is the one I actually went kind of deep on last week because Seth is a Shockwave boy. Shockwave, I think I've heard you say it. I've heard seen somebody else say it. Shockwave is a great Voyager that ended up with a bunch of extra parts. Well, he he basically comes with a cog. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's what I would call the Shockfleet uh, pod. Is that's what I'm calling yeah. it? But it's it's basically a, a cog. Um, and he's 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 a he's a good Voyager with slightly more um, what I would call well built multi part articulation technology. Yeah, like I I like that his all of his extra parts kind of become a sled thing that can be used somehow. Yeah, you can, it's got pegs on it. You can put his feet into and lock him into. You saw my photos, I wish, right? Yeah, I wish that the sh- that the auxiliary arms on his big shoulder things did something different i'm happy they have a tab yeah that made me satisfied i i I just wish that they like instead of maybe being beside his arms were up over or something so it doesn't just look like he grafted 
somebody else's legs and arms onto his shoulders. This is one of those sub- because subjective it's the things again. <laughs> cut angle. Yeah. Oh, it's very it's very much subjective. Yeah. Um, and then the like remainder bit that goes on his backpack because they needed to find a place to put it is. So that that bit I thing. I wish had actually more pegs and holes on it, um for for other figures. Because uh, yeah. well, did you, have you seen the image where somebody put it on Megatron? Yeah, that thing looked pretty darn cool. Yeah, that like turned Megatron into animated shockwave, basically. Yeah, but uh, uh, beyond beyond his odd add-on kit that comes with it, um, he light pipes like the devil. Friggin' right! Like, like <laughs> any 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 light within the like like a hundred and thirty degrees or so of the top of his head. And it's coming straight at you. And and like the exact same thing for the little optic on, on the bridge of his ship mode, too. Yes. Like Yes, it was yeah, I transformed it and was sitting there looking at it and was like, ah, that is that is light piped ship parts. That's how can that be better? Yeah. He he's an all out shockwave. Like but, Yeah. And then he's, Well, and even just the little touches of like his sled leg, how it dual folds. Yeah. For his his front landing gear, that it totally didn't need to do that. Every other toy that's had like a front landing gear just has a tabish thing that falls down into place, rather than this thing that looks like a folded out skid that you might see on on any sort of skidding type of of toy. Yeah. And uh, and do you see do you see my photos to show that uh, all the, all those people talking about how the leaders are short are all nuts. Yeah, yeah. You can see right here. Like he's he's quite tall. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's up to the top of that photo. But I enjoyed it. I think I would have enjoyed him just as much though as a Voyager at a Voyager price point without all the extra stuff. Yeah, I, I get I get a feeling like I like I wouldn't have been mad knowing that he might have been a leader but became a Voyager. But uh, mm-hmm. the, those extra parts connected with me so hard in a way I actually truly did not expect that they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I don't mind them. I think it's definitely that's that's going to be I, I told Seth this that like if you think this looks good, but you're not feeling the shock fleet pod like he's a wave one leader toy, uh, even in the states where apparently sales don't happen quite as often without Toys R Us around wave one leader toys are our sale material. I think that's realistic to hold out for on Amazon or on, you know, even on Big Bad or TF Source. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an excellent shockwave. Uh, I almost feel like calling him an excellent Voyager is almost un- a bit of a slight that's that's underselling him a touch, only because of how solid his build construction is. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's more like size because, like, occasionally you end up with the issues with leaders where they're maybe not as articulated or they're a little bit chunkier. Yeah, and, and to say like it's a leader, it's big. It's a leader. It's you know solid when you toss it on a table. This is this is. I mean, there's a leader's worth of value in there, but like I said, in my opinion, what takes it from a Voyager to a leader is maybe not as not as um, valueful. Well, the, what you just said actually, I, I hadn't considered, but. But like it's super correct as well. This is a more of a leader toy that's getting Voyager qualities as far as the articulation mm-hmm. goes. Because yeah, a lot of leader toys yeah. tend to have like here's what I'll say about Ultra Magnus. Uh articulation's not his strong suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when he's armored up. Um his armor 
It, it's not like it hinders his articulation horrifically. He just is not very poseable when he's armored up. Uh, his legs are extremely thick and will bump into each other at some point. Um, you're, you're getting Ultra Magnus for his transformation and for the, the armor up transformation as well. Um, Shockwave is the more, I, call, I consider to be the better full package. You're getting a very good Shockwave with very effective accessory parts that fit right into the entire Siege play pattern. Like a glove. Mm-hmm. Like that, the Shockfleet pod um, is fantastic. Uh, it's, it's not perfect. It's not even like the thing you should buy the toy for if you love the Siege line because... The backpack piece, sadly, is lacking some connectivity, in my opinion, that it could have had. Um, there, there's just parts on it where I'm like, oh, there should have been more pegs on here so I could, like, you know, attach it to the back, for instance, of, mm-hmm. of someone. Because that, that central piece, when you see stuff that, like, assembles the Shockfleet pod around, like, you know, Megatron or whatever, at a glance, it looks like, and I'm pretty sure this is the, I'm right when I say this, the central piece is held on by all the other pieces, uh, whereas all the other pieces are doing the work to fasten onto like a Megatron, for instance. Yeah. Um, so that, there's that, but then like, yeah, the, the other thing that I experimented with or tried to for a little bit with your shock fleet pod, um, was that like the shoulder parts would not stick onto hound or sideswipe very well. I tried to get them on Optimus. They don't go on either. Uh, the dimensions are yeah. very specific it, it, feeling. It's, yeah, it's it's a thing that's just a little bit off, and it's just it's it's disappointing, man. It's disappointing because all all of the toys have that hole, yeah, on their shoulder. And it's it's set up to do that. I came out of Toy Fair and it's right there to do that that I'd be able to dress everyone up in the shockwave armor, and so like yeah, like you can do it, but you can't do it the way that you think you can. Uh, in the you can't do it the obvious gimmick oriented way that like. You know, it's a gimmick I want, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, we just had a visitor in the podcast uh, channel. Uh, I think mm-hmm. someone was going to try to use a different voice channel <laughs> in this Discord <laughs> that we're in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're liking Shockwave. Because, like, Shockwave is an oddly irritating figure to try to defend. <laughs> um. Because, like, half the time someone wants to talk mess on Seed Shockwave, it's just to say he's short. And it's kind of like, is that really all, though? Like, is that all you have to say? Because, like, yes, that's it. You know? <laughs> like, what? if that's the conversation we're having, then, like, hey, thanks for the conversation. I'll talk to you later. Anyway, the Shockwave has a lot of really good qualities. Um, also, as you can see in my second photo, Shockwave is twice the height of Siege Optimus, so I don't know what any of these people are talking about. Um, yeah, man, Shockwave is good. Do you have any questions about Ultra Magnus? No. Um, like, sad disappointment that when I got to, to Target that he wasn't there, but... Mm. I think you'll like him. Uh, I, yeah. Oh, I, I don't... I, I, I'm pretty sure that I will. Um, it's just a matter of, like, it was kind of, eh, he's not there, but Shockwave is, and then, and then like, searching frantically to try and find Ultra Magnus and going, you know what, it's probably better that I'm not spending, like, a hundred and some odd dollars oh, yeah. all in one fell swoop. I mean, the, part of the reason because... I, I picked them up is because I found them at EB and I could use the Platinum thing to get 10% off. 
Um, that's like I, I I maintain I've now maintained since leader Jetfire since Thrilling Thirty. Leader class toys are nice, but I will I will never enjoy them at full retail, so I avoid paying full retail for them. Uh, which is what I would say about these guys too. It's just it's not like that's new because they're you know short. It's just leader toys for me. In Canada, seventy bucks in tax is a bit much for leader toys uh, for mm-hmm. what they do. But sixty, and I'm, I'm you know or sixty three even uh, for Shockwave, I'm fine with that because uh, I think it looks neat. It was still a stupid thing. I also had just gotten paid that day and was feeling bummed out, and I saw them, so I was like, "Happiness purchase." So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ultra Magnus. This will make things right. I'll buy stuff. And I and I, I had a very fun morning the next day with that shockwave. I took like a billion photos of them. Um, I think a lot of folks will actually like Ultra Magnus more. Uh, I just think Shockwave hits my notes way harder. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear about your guys' thoughts on Magnus whenever you get them. Uh, you will, probably. Well, I guess it'll happen in this podcast. It's, just, it's technically on top. <clears throat> Is it a bad time to mention I'm probably skipping him? That's fine. Um, there's actually, like, for for everything I was just saying, like, you know, there are reasons to skip him. What's your reason for skipping him? I still have the uh, Combiner War one that I'm perfectly happy with as an Ultra Magnus. I have another reason for you to skip him. Oh, I oh I've seen oh I've seen the uh, I've seen the uh, artwork. <laughs> you saw what those guns are, right? You saw the yeah, yeah, like those guns. What look exactly like Cybertron Optimus's guns? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the IDW <laughs> issues that just straight up use that that design with a few interesting changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I'm waiting for the remold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and also, I, I've seen people say, like, hey, maybe Ultra Magnus' armor is going to be wearable by some toys down the line. Like, if that's true, that's cool. There's a lot about his armor that I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. I still have to do some testing. I might be wrong. But, like, while it uses some of those universal peg placements, it also requires stuff like folding Magnus's head away and getting his butt pack onto his butt rather than on his yeah, backpack. So I, I can see that being a lot of the same like with Shockwave where you can use his like shooty toes for other guys because there's not a whole lot of interference there. But yeah. his the other parts of that pack just Well like ahead. Magnus's legs, for instance, the leg armor, I don't see that ever actually mounting comfortably on someone in a way that looks mm-hmm. good. The, the thing I found for Magnus that because you know how Shockwave's instructions don't actually tell you how to make the shock pod. Um, yeah, Magnus's trailer when I trans I got him to, to vehicle mode and I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. And then I removed the cab. I opened up the side panels, removed the cab, and I looked at the at the leftovers with the cab removed, and I was like, this looks exactly like Action Master Optimus Prime's base mode for his, his mm-hmm. truck. And I'm like. This probably was intentional. Why the hell is this not in the instructions? This looks like an actually pretty good base. You know, like a like a barricade that you can mount guns on, basically. Yeah. Um Yeah. I again I wish that those play pattern things would get a a drop on the instructions or like a thing on a website. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you I haven't looked yet because I, I was I was on my phone where it wasn't easy to do, but someone told me that like you can those blacklight codes you can enter into. Oh the yeah, site. those are codes for thing. I've not watched those videos because yep. every time that every time that it was something, it was like you know almost midnight, and I'd really like to go to bed at some point or in the middle of the day, and I'm like at work and 
that site just doesn't terribly like phones. Yeah, I, I need to take a look at that stuff maybe tonight after we're done, because if there are video instructions in there and they look good, I'm going to be super happy and then also super freaking salty that they hid them behind this, like, kind of... Like, not hard password system, but sort of highly unnecessary password system. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, any other on-topic stuff for you, or is that all? No, that was it for me on-topic. Alrighty, uh, then let's go off-topic. Uh, TJ, did you do anything that wasn't a Transformer? Uh, yeah. I, I did a few things. Uh, so- well, then what were they? So I finally took to uh, tackling the stack of model kits that have been building up around my mm. room. So uh, I actually officially have them as toys that I can talk about. <laughs> I have rendered them into mm-hmm. toys. Yeah, I, I've got that Voltron in one of the uh, the second season uh, Power Rangers sets. Yeah, uh, Still waiting to build. Yeah, Get ready to have a plastic bag for all of Ultron's lion legs. I figured as much. Uh, but uh, for Christmas, I got a few of the figurized standard Dragon Ball Z models. So put together uh, Frieza, Piccolo, and 18. And, okay. You know, Bandai can make some really good model kits. I don't know if anyone knew that. I, I saw it was like some kind of like cottage industry they were trying to start up for their stuff, and you know, good on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I think they're going places with these. Yeah, I, I saw the is it is it Android eighteen the way that her eyes come together? Oh my god! Like, okay, so the the thing I dread in smaller model kits is stickering. I hate stickering model kits over three D detail and over rounded sections where the the stickers are crinkling and all that mm-hmm. i like paint as much as you can for me i will pay the extra so i was like really worried about putting together 18 because of things like her eyes because i knew i knew for sure her eyes were stickers and they do give you stickers for her eyes but they are completely optional her face is like five layers of plastic to get all the colors of her eyes to get her eyebrows all into her face in solid plastic. You're like making a plastic lasagna in the back of her face. Yeah, that stuff is super mm. cool. I've seen that not not literally for eyes, but like I've seen that effect on kits before. Uh, yeah, it's one of my. It's it's like some of the. It's it's like really good Lego stuff happening, but outside of that, you know, medium. Mm-hmm. Where you're like layering these single colored pieces of plastic, and then out of nowhere, it's like no, you actually painted a face. <laughs> but with plastic yeah that is the thing i've been begging like like i'm so tired of just like trying to get gundams like stickering the eyes into these little three-dimensional recesses. like can't you just do it like this like this is literally what i've been begging model kits to do for years mm-hmm. but it makes it so much more painless and i was really like across all of them like i'm i'm super happy with them like like for Piccolo, as many colors as he's got going on, uh, the only stickers on him is the tongue for one of his optional faces, and uh, around his ankles for a little skin detail. 99% of his surface is plastic. Man, that's cool. Yeah, like, like Figure he... Eyes was, was kind of doing that with the Rider stuff, um, 
which I've, I've not checked in on, but I know that they've been continuing to do rider figure eyes. Well, uh, even with uh, even with some of the ones that they did before, like the master grade ones, they did have stickers that were required on a bunch of them. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I've got figure eyes master grade O's and I've got figure eyes standard build and I'm putting off both of them because both of them have large sticker sheets. Yeah. Like that's just, mm. I really, really don't feel like going through that right now. So yeah, like this, it just made it really pleasant. And the build itself is extremely efficient. They come out looking really, really nice. Uh, free, oh, so the freeze is a little buff, but everyone else is perfectly nice. And yeah, like they go together really, really smoothly. Like for a model kit, it's like, I don't know, less than a couple hours to get the whole thing together. Yeah. And you still get that kind of like you're building sort of some interlinked articulation stuff, right? Yeah, the articulation is actually pretty nice on them. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, like you could say they're, they're only like, I don't know, like less than 25 bucks a pop sometimes. Like I'm kind of tempted to load up. Hmm. Yeah, I keep I keep eyeballing them, but I like I'm I know that I I just don't build model kits enough, and if I'm gonna do it, I'd rather do it for like flame toys or for some mini plot stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I've got a backlog of Sodo because I I troop built some stuff from build. Oh dear. Uh, and so I have to get all those stickers. I mean, I did it for the the um the ride players for Exade. I eventually got through those. Um, I have a lot of guardians. But they're mine. I need that many guardians to live. So. Sure, sure you do. Uh, anything else on the on the build pile that's turned into a real boy? Uh, I did some super mini blah as well. So Ooh. I now have a uh, a ninja Megazord and a companion Falcon Zord. Where did you see the Falcon Zords? Because I saw the Ninja Megazord. I saw the Shogun Megazord. Uh, mine. Wait. No, mine was from Big Bad, and the Falcon Zord just comes okay. with the Ninja Megazord. Okay, because I got it at Barnes and Noble, and because they had, we had a gift card and a twenty percent off coupon and our ten percent off membership, so it ended up being significantly cheaper than like what they had it listed as. Because they hmm. didn't have but, the uh, Falcon Zord, c- but no Falcon Zord, yeah. I guess. Huh. Weird. I didn't, I didn't even know it came out that way. Like, it's like the the box I came in, it was like, it, was, it looked like the Japanese packaging with the Ninja Megazord on the front, and then you flip it over, and it was the Falcon Zord's box. And I'll just I wonder came if Barnes and Noble just I'll, like, I'll, I'll, I'll have to go and double check. Well, because no, it has the same Bluefin sticker on it, I think, or whatever. Yeah, maybe it's like the import sticker. I mean, it's got a Bluefin it might, sticker. It on. might be. It might be in there. I. It's, it's been. We bought that like couple days after christmas yeah to 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 have everything fall in so i don't know i've not like cracked it open i just thought it had like included in or or look for or something like that on one of the boxes that that i was like oh that's gonna be rough to find it but yeah like i have not heard of an individual falcon sword for this series hey Hmm. let me hang on hang on let me do some christmas magic hey aaron hey now you have a falcon sword it's in the box is it yeah now, if I go and actually build that here later, and it's not, well, you know who you can come. You know who you can come call. L.A. Come L.A. I'm not going to trade nicely with you. Well, you know what? I'm going to say, oh, I want that rare. Here's a common. 
Well, that, look, the, she's twelve stars. That's more stars than the card that you have. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that trade then. It means she's better because she's got more stars. You're trying to trade me a common for a rare. That means that you're the one who needs stuff. So, like, I, I don't know what, where that's gonna. <laughs> if I want to be doing like rare for rare, I'd be taking your rares for my commons. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna agree to that. So like, you're just gonna be it's the only option you're gonna have. But there's so many other people. Now nah, I've I've got West Coast people. They'll 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 make sure that you understand <laughs> why this trade needs to happen because you like walking on those fragile knees of yours, right? This is getting weird. You don't even live in the West Coast. No, but I have people everywhere. Oh man, that's that's odd. Well, I was gonna say, if the if the magic didn't work out, you'll have to just like, you know, send a letter to Santa Claus. He is the you know, I'm just a contractor. You know, I I, I outsource the, the tech. Um because you know he's one guy can't be everywhere. So if you have any problems, you know, just call Santa Tech. Um They'll be sure to help you out, have a credit card ready. You know, it's not free, nothing in life's free. What were we talking about? Off topic, what we got? Mini plot, Ninja Megazord. Mm-hmm. How's the parts forming? Uh, the part forming on him consists of two pieces. All right. It is the Ape Zord's hands. That is literally all that has to be removed. Well, I'll have to scratch that one off the list. What a failure! Yes. That even actually looks really yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, it even has places for the uh, the uh, the fist covers for the Megazord mode to actually hide away on the Bear Zord. Oh, that's excellent! Those are screen accurate. They had those covers go on in the uh, in the show. Didn't in the show they come out of the Bear Zord, or am I thinking of something else? Uh, I remember. I think in the show they just appeared. Yeah, it just uh. went like and then like that was it. One of those Wapasha appearances. Yeah. All right. That sounds because the, the Shogun Megazord was similar, right? In that you didn't actually have to remove all that much from him. Uh, yeah. I think it was just you had was, you had to put the fist covers on it. It was a a couple of the heads on the legs, and that was all that had to be removed. All right. I've been eyeballing that because it's on sale on HLJ. So I was like, huh. Uh. uh Altogether, Ninja Megazord, very hefty. Like, he's got some solid weight to him. All the parts come together. There's some really solid construction to him. The fun part about him, uh, I've posted a picture on Twitter where he could actually pose the way the Ninja Megazord did in the old Super Nintendo fighting game. I saw that! Yeah, like, back when... uh, because an artist in that game had the foolish idea that he actually moved like a ninja. Which would have been a cooler thing to see on TV, I would I would have to say. Yeah, I don't know where they got that idea. Yeah, they saw the name Ninja Megazord. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that might have misled them, yes. I recall in that game or the Genesis one, you also straight up murder Goldar. And I remember thinking that was actually kind of weird. Everyone blew up in that game. Yeah, blowing up Goldar felt wrong. Like, I felt bad about it. <laughs> no, like, the articulation on it is really nice. I like how the wolf sword has very little change to how it how it uh, turns into the arm, but it's exactly what it needs to actually give it an elbow. Hmm. 
So you actually have a decently poseable Ninja Megazord, which is awesome. Like my only issue with it is that for whatever reason, the head is super tiny. I guess it's like that's it's a little bit of that super robot perspective thing. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. It is, but like, it's interesting to me that the same team that created like that Voltron to be like super screen accurate when it's all together, like mm-hmm. going straight up for the anime look, went so far off from the TV show model. I don't, like, I even, don't know. I was gonna say I don't know it's side by side. I wonder if because it's a you know it's a Sentai mecha suit, like there's less of an ability to do that. I guess for like the mass of everything. Um, I don't know. Like, oh, because there's got to be an actual person inside that suit. It's that, that or moves. the decision to not make it look like there's an actual person. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, what you think of as it from watching the show. There's got to be a person in there, but you can do different things with the toys, especially if you're trying to balance it so that, like, the five individual mecha look like their things and then also become the combined form. Yeah. yeah. I know, proportionally, yeah. it just seems odd. It's a little smaller than I would like. Other than that, like, it's hard to complain about the set. It does a lot of things really well. It's very tempting. Like that that era of the of, of Super Mini Plopper Super Sentai looks good. The um, the one where we forgot the name some some weeks ago looks good. There's that uh I think that the Astro Megazord one just came out. Uh in Japan. I think the US release still has a couple more months ago. Yeah, yeah, that thing looks good too. I'm trying not to. <laughs> but it's 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 uh they're they're the constant like thing I put into a cart and then take out of a cart. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm glad you're putting that stuff together. I got to catch up now. Got to put at least one of my multiple boxes of action guardians together. Yeah. Build is a very good show, by the way. <laughs> Still need to sit down and marathon the new Gridman while I put together the Gridman kits. I got to do that too. I actually got that Gridman yeah, kit. I want those Gridman kits. Is there any place that actually has them available right now? I pre-ordered because the last time, last time I looked, everyone's like sold out, sold out three times as much as original retail. Okay, I'm not buying it. Yeah, no, I uh, I had a pre-order in just because of of Cyber Squad, and I forgot about it for a bit, and I thought, oh, should I keep this? And I was like, oh, I'll keep this. I was, I've been mewling about Super Mini Plus so long. I'll hang on to this one, and then I got the impression I also it's a hard one to find now. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, cool. Uh, over here, over here, off topic. I got nothing new. So, Aaron, uh, Hi. how's off topic land going over there? Um. All right. I got. Um. I actually got things for extra life. Oh, jeez. Um, somebody reached out. Hey, it's it's the new year. It started over again. Uh, and I had somebody reach out to me uh, here in town saying, hey, we've got a bunch of board games that we couldn't sell that we would like to donate to your Extra Life campaign. Where I'd, I'd met the person that runs the store or whatever. And, um, and when they'd been at some of them. And so they have a couple of copies of Dark Souls, the board game. Oh, man, I want to try and that thing. 
and a copy of um um Ticket to Ride First Journey. I played which is the I played that once and I remember it being good. Yeah. Um and they just brand new still sealed copies. And so we're going to be doing a kind of raffle thing with them. So for every like multiple of $5 that somebody donates either to one of our team members pages in January or February, or if anybody donates in person, when we do our game a things, um, we're going to like have a raffle and then give these away. Cool. And they said, Hey, we may find other things in the future as well. So, but it was like completely out of the dark. I was sitting there. I think it was as you and I were sitting there talking about one of our, uh, um, TCG things, and I had seen that I had a Facebook message when I was expecting, I think, like a text message from you or something. Mm. And I was like, "Who? Why is he sending me a Facebook?" Me- Wait, it's not, it's not Chris. This is somebody that I don't know, and it's like, and Facebook is like, "Hey, this person isn't in your network, but we let him message you anyway." I was like, "Uh, oh, hey, I'd, I'd like to make a donation of materials and da 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 da. Could you use this?" Oh. Wow, for once this isn't a horrible scam, is it? No, it's not. Okay, cool. Um, so look forward to that. Cool. Well then uh but beyond that, no, I got a I got a brother laser printer. That's so incredible. So yeah, I hey, it's a whole lot better than having it say, Hey, I know that you bought I know you bought black ink three weeks ago, but you're trying to print something else out, and I don't have yellow. I can't print. Like, no, it's black and white. Nope, don't have yellow. Can't print. But it's it's black and white. It's a it's a postage label. Nope, can't print it. Sorry. Alright, so it was cheaper to go and get a laser printer from a thrift store that everything worked on it, and would still be cheaper to get the replacement toner things that'll never go bad versus getting the color package because you can't buy just the yellow ink. You have to buy all three tanks for our printer. Um, and that way they can all go dry separately, except for now the cyan will be going out next. But, oh, that cartridge is too old. So we just said, screw it. We're making the transition to a laser printer. All right. Well, it's fine. Everything's fine. Hopefully, one day you can figure out how to make it into a transformer, and it will be on topic as well to the podcast. We're in the off-topic section, right? I know, but it'll, like, get, a, it'll get a new lease on life that way. Okay. Um, TJ, I want to quickly throw back to you. We finished your model kits, and I moved on, but I want to double check. Was there anything else off-topic? No, no, no. As as if you saw the future, you perfectly predicted. I when my, when my toys ran out. Nostradamus! Excellent. Um, well, Aaron, uh, laser printers, does it... Did you say this already? Does it have a scanner attached to it? Do they do that with laser printers? No, it doesn't. It is just a printer. Uh, so there's no scanner to go wrong. There's no fax machine hiding in there that can go wrong and say, like, fax machine isn't working. You can't print anything. Scanners. Like, But I don't need to... I don't need to like connect to a phone line Scanners that don't I don't go have. Wrong. 
It's like having a Swiss Army knife where if the scissors breaks, your keys fall off the ring. Mm-hmm. Man. Well, congratulations uh, on the new edition. Um, and thank you all for listening to this podcast. Uh, we'll be back with some more podcasting. There's, I'm assuming this is after a large swathe of consecutive releases because that's how much kind of stacked up while we were also doing TCG podcasting and the TFCon pre-podcasting. So now that we're through all of that and through these two timeless listener question podcasts, everything is back to normal. Ah. So stay tuned for more. Uh, stay tuned for more TCG too if you're into that because me and Aaron are kind of into that. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And we will talk to you all later. Uh, until then, stay safe. Add all that up. I don't know what the f it means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.